0: Greetings, 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 and welcome to another edition of Cat's Corner the Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Cat, Cat Okidate. Welcome to the show on location in Morocco, particularly right now in Gurion, which is about, I guess, an hour and a half from Casablanca. And I have two more days before I head back home. And it has been a very transformative trip. And unexpectedly transformative. Um, as you all know, travel is a big part of who I am. This trip was not of my own volition. Uh, my stepmom is Moroccan. shout out to Latifah. And she hasn't been home in five years because of the pandemic. And so she's been saying forever, you need to come home with me, you need to come home with me, you need to come home with me. And about six or seven years ago, they built, uh they built, well, they basically bought an apartment here in a city called Azmor. And the intent was initially to retire here. My dad really wanted to retire here. I had issues with that, of course, because in Islam, when you die, you usually are buried where you die. And my dad is very devout. And so I knew that if he moved to Morocco and he died in Morocco, that would be a whole other set of trauma that I would have to deal with or contend with. And so I selfishly was not necessarily on board with that situation. I'm like, y'all can go travel. You all can visit and spend time there, but nobody's allowed to live there because I need you on this side. I still feel that way, but I get it. As a result of a couple of things, in particular, just the fact that we now have a house here, that I'm the eldest. They were like, you need to come, you need to see where everything is. You need to help us make some decisions about whether or not to keep this house or, you know, do it there or move somewhere else. And so this has been a tour of sorts. Um, they bought the ticket. Like I said, this was not um, they were not having. No, they weren't taking any more. Can we wait till the summers? They were like, nope, you're coming now, uh, primarily because in the summer months, it's really hot here. And so uh, they just didn't think it would be comfortable. So I'm here and I'm glad that I came. I'm glad that I leaned into it and came. It has not been the easiest time just because of some of the things that have come up for me personally, but I am glad that I came and I do think I needed to be here at the time that I'm here. I'm winding down year 49, heading into 50 this year, and I think that uh, as we close out this chapter, I'm sort of being bombarded with all kinds of weird-ass truths and, and things that I didn't realize I was still holding on to. So I decided that I would record this particular track here because I don't know if I'll be able to access emotionally what this trip has done for me once I fly back home. Uh, one of the things that I've learned about myself and one of the reasons why travel is so important is because my surroundings do affect how I process things. So once I'm back home there's a automatic switch that gets flipped and I am sort of back in in cat mode and I don't know that I I don't know that I'll be able to access emotionally what I'm feeling as a whole human being right now. So it's just gonna be a transparency episode. I think the big takeaway was that and even when I think about it, because I did record something, but it was it was difficult because I was just I wasn't expecting all of the emotional stuff that came with it. I don't always feel like a daughter, like I'm an eldest daughter. I'm a daughter, you know, I'm somebody's daughter. Even though my mom died when I was 19, I'm still her daughter. Uh, My dad is still alive. So I have at least one parent. Uh, My stepmom Latifa has been with my dad. I'd honestly a better part of a decade. I don't, I, I would be lying if I said I knew. I just feel like, I know she wasn't the immediate second wife. She's technically the third wife, but she's, she's, Occupied the longest amount of space. And she's always referred to me as her daughter. Like when I go to the house, you know, there's tea and there's food and, you know, it's like, I miss you. Where have you been? Why don't you call your mother? And all of these things analytically, I understand what she's saying and I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's what it is, but I am also weirdly the matriarch of my family and have been so since my mom died. So a lot of the big decisions, a lot of the familial stuff goes through me. My dad is always checking in with me on these things. Like I know where the will is and I know what's supposed to happen. And, you know, I'm here now in Morocco making these decisions with them because I'm I'm the matriarch. And at the same time, <laughs> I am, you know, a daughter. So when I got here, I was a little stressed because when I got off the plane, you have to go through, you know, Immigration and all that. And so I expected when I got out of the, you know, into the the arrival section that they would be there where they pushed us to go out. I went, I just followed everyone else. And so I was standing outside looking for them and they weren't there. And I have to say, I was immediately like. I felt like something had like come into my heart and like scooped it out. And I was I was actually quite shocked because I was like, well, they have to be here because I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Like I've been to Morocco before, but I don't know where. And as more they live, like they got to be here. So I'm like, well, they're probably just running late. The plane did land early. It's fine. And as I'm waiting, I'm being bombarded with sister, you need a taxi. Ma'am, do you need a taxi? And you know, when you travel to countries and you are obviously not from there, what happens is you sort of get bombarded. People all this is this happens all the time. It's not really a big deal. But in this moment, I just felt like you guys got me out here by myself. There's nobody here. And I just felt really alone. It was the weirdest over it was overwhelming sensation. And I was just so I was sitting in this moment of disappointment. Because I was like, why would they have me out here and no one is here? And part of this is because I'm that person that when you come to home, if I'm picking you up, I try to get there early so that I'm waiting for you. So that, you know, I believe when people travel, there's something special about people waiting for them. It's, I'm old school. You know, I come from an era when you used to be able to go through security with whoever you were, whoever was leaving so that you could say goodbye at the gate and you can meet them at the gate. Like, so- There's something for me very much about people being being there so that when you get, when you land, your people are waiting for you. Um, And I've had that before where people have just been there waiting for me. And it just, it feels good to have people waiting for you when you get off the plane. So I'm standing there and all of this stuff is going through my head. I'm in my feelings. And um, then all of a sudden, I see my dad strolling in the street. I was like, dad. And at this point, enough people have come to ask me if I want a taxi. I'm on my phone. I'm leaving messages like, hey, I'm looking for you guys. Where are you? You know, what's happening? And so they're all watching me as I have this internal meltdown and i am got this scowl on my face. And then my, I see my dad strolling around and I throw up both my hands. I was like, dad. And he looks over and he starts laughing. And apparently they were on a different side. He's like, I'm glad I found you because your stepmother has been yelling and screaming at me about how I left. You know, you got my daughter out here by herself. She doesn't know where she's supposed to be going. Why? You know, you need to go find her like it was a thing. He had gone off to look for a bathroom and he just ended up strolling by that entrance. And when I when he takes me to where they are, they're literally around the corner. And because I would never have thought to go to move, I thought that was the only exit. I stayed where I was. So, I immediately like have like this internal dialogue like you thought they forgot about you. Like you have to calm down. What's really going on? And so, you know, I see her and she's all hugs and screams and I get to meet Mehdi, who is um so there's a lot of names. Saida is a Latifa sister, so she's technically my step aunt. And she's like this woman is amazing and Meddi is her son and Medi is the reason why she stay, you know, she continues to stay in the country even though she is um she has a green card. Uh this is like her baby, it's her only child, and there's a whole bunch of stuff with that, but I've never actually met him. I've seen pictures of him. I've talked to him on WhatsApp when he was like a kid, but now he's 15 years old. So he's, you know, he's almost a grown man. And so he's adorable, you know, thin little, growing into his body, really tall, just just adorable. And so we get in the car and we ride. We ride to Asmore. Said is there. And as I'm coming up the stairs, uh, their neighbor who knows that I'm coming is like singing and dancing. She's got dates and, and milk, which is a tradition um in Morocco where that's how you're greeted when get when people arrive, they, there's dates and milk. And she's singing and I mean it's just it's this overwhelming amount of just this rush of love. Like people are just genuinely excited. And I haven't seen Saida like physically in real life in about three years, so it was just really good to see her. You know, we, we get into the house and we're we're there, and I'm being told, okay, so you have to go meet your aunt here. There's because of cousins, we there, we have a lot that we have a lot of things. There, there's a lot of people that want to meet you. They're excited that you know they can't wait to see you. There's like. A whole, like, there's clothes that have been made. There is food that is being prepared. Like, it's a whole thing. My dad was like, you, my dad says, you would think Michelle Obama was coming the way they've been planning for you. He's like, you, you he's, he was like, I didn't get this kind of welcome. It's, it doesn't even make any sense the way that they are cleaning and, and, and changing things around. And, you know, they're doing all of this because you're coming. And it just hits me like a ton of bricks. You know, I'm sitting here taking it all in. And, um, at some point they go out to do something and I'm, I'm by myself and I'm like, Oh shit, I'm a daughter. Like, I'm actually a daughter. I'm here to like, yeah, there's some things that I need to do. But in this moment, I realized that I haven't felt like a daughter in a long time. And this is me tearing a piece of paper because like I said, this has been really emotional. So it is, it's, it's a moment of clarity that has sat with me for like since the beginning of this trip so I came in on like the the 10th and today's like what the 19th and it's still sitting with me and it's it was really hard to keep like a a straight face you know the time that you know they were away and I was by myself in the apartment I I was able to kind of you know work through some things and like Have my little teary-eyed moment. I actually recorded something that I'm probably going to insert into the recording so that you can hear it. Once I figure out how to take it off my phone. (laughs) And it changed me. Like it just, I was like, you know, she calls me her daughter. I don't always feel like a daughter. And I don't know if that makes sense. I just know that's the only way that I can articulate it. Like I often feel like I am running a small kingdom with my family I don't necessarily feel like a daughter per se. My dad really does defer to me. And we have, like, he's my dad. I call him Pops. I don't call him by his first name or anything. But we do have a relationship that is more like a partnership. And so while we have these, you know, we'll have these moments. There is a way that we operate lovingly as partners and not necessarily, I don't always feel like I'm coming to him. And, you know, it could be my conditioning around what I think parental love is supposed to feel like. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy to put it on myself. But in the space of of holding down the emotion and trying really hard to kind of just be present, it was hard. Those first couple of days was really hard. And then at some point we leave more, and we go to Stat. And that is where another set of sisters and and nieces and cousins live. And I have to say Morocco is a beautiful country. And my dad is like OG with this, He's rented a car and we are literally driving all over, you know, God's kingdom as it were, because, you know, from as more to stat, it's about an hour and some change. And my st- <laughs> Latifa and Pops are like, if they were a rap duo, I would call them the parentos because the way these two go at it about directions, about where things need to go, it's, it's, it's insane. So part of me is trying really hard to sit in this daughter space. And at the same time, like you two kids are getting on my nerves, like with this arguing, this back and forth about directions. Can we just GPS it? Or can we just do this? Let's solve this problem. Latifa's hype because she's home. And, you know, my dad is like driving and he wants to be in control of this. And so I'm watching these two and I do feel like the parent. And then, you know, I get into these, these houses and go to these beautiful apartments And I'm immediately like this kid where they're like checking on me and making sure that I have this and I have that and making me whatever I want to eat. And like, I can't do anything. Like I haven't washed a dish. I haven't washed. Well, I don't wash my own clothes, but I haven't had to do anything. I literally have had to just focus on resting and making sure I'm keeping up with school stuff. But I've literally been chilling in a way that I just don't normally chill. Like I... The day is planned. I don't have to use any energy to figure out what the plan is. My goals are just get up in the morning. They have breakfast when I'm ready to eat. I come out today is like the, one of the first days where I've been able to kind of sleep in and they went off to do other things. And, you know, before I left, here's your tea. Here's your here. I mean, so at some point, if you go to my IG, you'll see in that first couple of days, The spread, like, I don't know how people survive, to be honest with you. I would be so tired all the time with as much food as as being consumed and as much food that has been plied into me while I've been here. It's just, it's amazing. And it's not a simple, hey, here's a few things. The whole table is covered in everything from olives to different nuts and pomegranate and breads, like breads are a big thing here. And so these are, and these are not breads that you buy at the store, like everything that I have eaten while I've been here has been freshly made. So every morning I'm waking up to freshly made semel, which is like my favorite, like semel and honey is like my thing. And semel is this bread that's layered and it's just amazing. And it's like, oh my God, it's, it's life-giving, but it's made fresh. I mean, they are out here with the flower and, and the seeds and it's just, it's a beautiful expression of love and it's how they, it's, it's their love language, you know? So if you don't eat, you're insulting people. If you don't eat enough. They're concerned. And so, you know, for a while it was just hard because one, I'm not used to eating this much, but two, they are eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's always tea. Tea is a big part of this. Tea is, you know, how you break fast. Tea is how you get up in the morning. Tea is life. And so it's just, it's this, this, this whole, it's just this amazing culture that's very rich with, um with sort of family. And so even the way that their furniture is is set up, And one of the things that I haven't done yet that I will be doing is taking some more pictures of just the, what the inside of these homes look like. These very, you know, whether there are homes, standalone or apartments, everything is this sort of U-shaped square furniture, uh, these long benches of cushions and and pillows. And the idea is that it's meant to accommodate a lot of people. And so there's often in, in every home, there's often these low tables with wheels. And so when it's time to eat, when it's time to have tea, wherever you're sitting, this table can be brought, you know, it can be wheeled close to you and you can eat. Um, you sleep on these couches as well. So when it's time for bed, um, if you have multiple people, like we went to Rabat to visit a friend of my dad's and, and Latifah's. And I want to say there might've been 10 people, 12 people staying in the house. And when it was time for bed, you know, sheets were brought out and everybody just copped a space on these. I mean, this house was it was stunning. When you walked in, there's like the master living room and then there's the setting room, and then upstairs is another sitting room. And it's it's a really fascinating culture and the way the furniture and their inside structures work and operate to accommodate multiple people. Is I think the thing that I absolutely love the most about what I've seen in Morocco. Uh, I haven't done a lot of the content outside of Nigeria and South Africa, Morocco. But I've only really visited three, you know, African countries, and so I'm always looking for what the aesthetic is of a particular country. And Morocco definitely has an aesthetic that is that functions around family, around community, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. You're all on top of each other, but you have space, and you know. Laying down and relaxing and being in repose is a big part of it. There's there's different modifications and iterations on how the setting can be. And I'll actually take pictures of Saida's house because Saeeda's house is amazing. And she's got this amazing eye. So she's already created this. Uh, she's already done something a little different that I've never seen before um, in, in all the different settings that I've been in when it comes to Morocco. Not to say that I'm an expert, but this was unique. I had not seen this in that she was like, yeah, I wanted to do something different. So the feeling of family, the the feeling of, of kinship and just the love has been so, it's just been overwhelming. And I think by the time we got to Stat, which is where her older sister, Khadijah, Auntie Khadijah lives, I was at a point where I just, I couldn't, I was having a hard time keeping it together. Like, I don't think anybody noticed, but I, on, internally, I felt like I was coming undone. And so my dad, you know, he's familiar with that house. So he has his own place that he hangs out and everybody just, you know, lets him do his thing. So it's just the women. Um, My stepmom is the only one that speaks English really well. So she's often the translator. And so we're sitting there and it's me, Latifah, Antikadija, and um Dalal, who is... Auntie Khadijah's daughter, one of her three daughters who takes care of her. And so she's there. And, you know, at some point I say, you know, I have something to tell you. And she's like, what is it? And I tell her, I was like, you know, this trip has been really overwhelming for me because this is like the first time in a long time where I feel like a daughter. And so I start to cry. Like at that point, I can't hold it in. It's a mess. And so she jumps up and then Antikadija comes over. And before you know we're all crying. It's this whole emotional thing. And there was a situation before they left. So my parentals left a week before I did. And that is partly because there is a very, there's a cultural practice I don't know that it's just Nigerian, but it's 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 a cultural practice that I'm very and I know I know that they do it in the, in India as well. Where when a family is traveling, they never travel together. You split up the family, and the idea is that in case something happens, you don't lose everyone at once. So, whenever my dad and I are going to be in a similar place, one of us always goes before the other. So in this case, they went ahead of me to get everything straight, and I. I posted on Instagram a picture of the back of the truck with all the luggage for the two people that were going initially, and there was a situation where we left a bag. So I went back to get the bag. My brother and I went back to um, retrieve the bag. So anybody's familiar with Greenbelt and knows where Dulles is, you know that's about a forty-five minute to an hour drive, and we did it. You know, I was I was really determined to get her the bag before she got on the plane. And the reason was that simply this is a woman who has been doing an amazing job, you know, taking care of my father, holding me down. I'm, you know, it's a small ask in my opinion. So I, I did this thing and apparently she had told everybody about the fact that I had gone back to get this bag for her. And, you know, she's been bragging and all this. So when they meet me, everybody's excited. You know, on um, this, this vision of locks and, and bells in her hair and just doing all this stuff. And it's very, I'm a little different from what they're used to. And it's just all of this love. It's, it's been nothing but love. And so I tell her how I'm feeling and she's just moved and I'm moved. And then Dalal says something about, you know, this is why she has refused marriage proposals because, you know, she, it's her mom and she doesn't want her mom to stay by herself. Her mom's not well. And so it just becomes this really, Affirming moment of what it means to be mothered, to, to mother, to be a daughter. And it's just, it has sat with me in such a profound way that I don't know, who knows what it's going to look like when I get back home, but it has changed how I allow, because I realized that it's, it's on me, how I allow Latifah to mother me, even though we're not that far apart in age. She's slightly older than me. Uh, the role that she plays, she's very, you know, she's very, very protective of of me. Uh, if you see the way she's been handling these people when we go into the markets as I'm shopping, like in the way she cussed out one woman who she thought was just being insulting. Like Latifa has no dams in her pocket and I love her for it. But she shows up in a way that is very maternal. And I realized in this during this trip that I haven't always allowed her to do that for me. Partly because this weird tendency to, to have this allegiance towards my, my birth mother, my mother who, you know, I had for 19 years. And, you know, when you, when you lose a parent, I think there is a, depending on when you lose them, I do think that there is a certain amount of, um, there's a story that you tell yourself and it's hard to let go of that story. And so I realized on this trip that I was holding on to a version of my mother that just doesn't exist. Um, and it's not her fault. And it's not my fault. She's physically not here. You know, she walks with me, but she's physically not here. And then there was a moment while we were walking around, we just went on an evening walk after dinner, where I locked arms with, with Latifah and I felt my mother say, this is your mother and that's okay. And so, yeah, it has been deep show. It's been really, really intense. It's been really overwhelming, but it's been good. And so I wanted to get this one together and out because I knew that there was a chance I would get back home. And while I could still access the memory of it, I don't know that I would be able to access the emotion because of the way I'm built. <laughs> so yeah, Morocco, outside of the sights, the sounds, the the, the smells and the foods and all the, and the the richness of the culture has been personally transformative. And I'm looking forward to seeing the version of me that comes through now that I've accepted this particular gift of being a daughter and what that actually means, um, how that functions in my life. So yeah. And I think for this one, I don't really have the uh, capacity for takeaways as much as I'll just leave you with the recording so you can hear what I said in the moment. Cracks it all. All right. So we're going to call it a day for this one because while this is a very dry country and there's nothing to drink, I'm going to go have some more tea and stay here for a little bit more before I have to leave, stay in this moment. Hope you all are well. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Hopefully this was good for you. I'm glad I got a chance to do it. Thank you for listening because, you know, I don't usually go this deep in the paint. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. And with that, I'm out because this culture ain't going to make itself. Take care. Hey, so parentals are along outside doing something and I decided to hang back and just uh, rest a little. It's been an amazing first day. But I had like an epiphany that I wanted to at least document. I don't know if I'm going to post this, to be honest with you. I'm doing this for my own posterity, I guess, just so that if ever I need to be reminded, I have it. So coming to Morocco is really cool. My stepmother is Moroccan, as many of you know. And she really does claim me as her daughter. You know, I I understand it in theory. and I'm a little emotional. But I don't think I realized like how big a deal it was until I got here. Um, her sister, Saida. Auntie Saida is this beautiful woman, super hardworking. Like, she apparently set the whole house up before my dad and, and Latifah got here and, you know, has been busting her ass around the clock to make sure everything is fired and ready to go. She's responsible for that amazing breakfast you saw in the picture, the first picture that I posted once I landed. And I've also now, I'm going on tour, apparently. Um... And I am going to be meeting her other sister and some brothers and some other people. And every time she calls them to tell them I am finally here, like my dad joked, he was like, you would think Michelle Obama was coming the way that they have been cleaning and preparing and waiting for you to get here. And it just made me realize, like, wow, to be claimed in that way? Yeah, I don't think I realized how much I needed to to be claimed in that way so yeah i think it's gonna be uh it's already been amazing and we're only on day two so i can only imagine what it'll look like by day four (laughs) let alone by the end of the trip but it's been like i've been really in my heart chakra since yesterday because the welcome has been really powerful but also just that claiming of me has been really just it's, it's done something to me so I wanted to at least get it down while I had the guts enough to do it um, and not like tuck it in later and forget about it. Well, not forget about it, but just sit on it. So, to all you elder daughters who often feel like you are not being claimed as a daughter and like not, you know, not in, outside of your ability to function, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I hope that you, if you haven't already, get to experience being claimed as a sheer act of love because it does something. It really does. Alright, these thug tears is, is really doing a lot right now, but um yeah. This is just stay tuned. Thank you for listening. It means a lot to me. Wanted to let you know that Cats Corner the Podcast is produced by Lil Sosa Productions and edited by Aileen Andrada of Your Pod. But if you'd like to follow us, you can check me out at Cat's Corner Co. K-A-T-S-K-O-R-N-E-R-C-O on all platforms and L S P underscore on the go. Tune in next time for another edition. As always, we appreciate your listen. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can be updated as new podcasts come in. Take care. Oh,